Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone, this is Ikran. Before we dive into our new episode, I just want to let you all know that there are two new Somali youth-led organizations in the greater Toronto area, Somali Scholars and Say Somali Youth Development Initiative. They've come together to develop immersive, comprehensive, and holistic mentorship programs that will support Somali students in their senior years of high school and at various stages of their undergraduate journey. So these programs will launch this summer and they'll serve over 50 Somali high school and university students annually inshallah so both somali scholars and say somali have banded together to create a database of somali professionals students and community leaders in the gta so they're building this database to serve as a central pool of potential mentors and program supporters so if you're interested in serving as a mentor or a workshop facilitator please complete their form i'll have the link for the form in the description and if you know anyone who might be interested please share this with them as well this is definitely a way for us to help our community here in Toronto and allow each other to learn from each other inshallah so assalamualaikum and enjoy the episode welcome to the Abwaan Chronicles podcast this podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra and Umm Khair this is your host Istahil hailing from Edmonton the city of the frozen and home of the Oilers join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, politics, and more. But don't scare Negroes today with no badge or no white skin or no white sheet or no white anything else. The police the same way. They put their club upside your head and then turn around and accuse you of attacking them. Every case of police brutality against a Negro follows the same pattern. They attack you, bust you all upside your mouth, and then take you to court and charge you with assault. What kind of democracy is that? What kind of uh, freedom is that? What kind of social or political system is it when a black man has no voice in court, has no nothing on his side other than what the white man chooses to give him. My brothers and sisters, we have to put a stop to this. And it will never be stopped until we stop it ourselves. They attack the victim. And then the criminal who attacked the victim accuses the victim of attacking him. Yes, sir. This is American justice. Yes, sir. That's right. This is American democracy. Yes, and those of you who are familiar with it yes. know that in America, democracy is hypocrisy. Right. Now, if I'm wrong, put me in jail. Right. But if you can't prove that a democracy is not hypocrisy, then don't put your hands on me. Welcome guys to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a hot topic, which is activism. I think it's like a hot topic this month. <laughs> so it just seemed the perfect time to, to do this episode. On this episode you have me, Istahil. I'm Juedia. Juedia's my sister. And we have our two regulars. Hapsa. Hey guys. And Ikran. Hi. So- <laughs> Oh, that was the most lackluster introduction ever. <laughs> but we moved. It's okay. She's drained. She's drained. The political atmosphere has exhausted her. It really has. Man, it is draining. All you see online is that, right? I know. I can't even, at this point right now, like, logging into Twitter 
is just draining and exhausting because all I'm seeing are tweets about the protests and about and different video clips and of people being abused and harassed and killed. Everybody talking about like, hey, let's let's sign this petition so we can reopen this case and that case and everything. Da 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 da. And it's all really good. But it's now been how many days? And I swear, I it's so draining. Like, it's so important to talk about these things. But it's also, like, it's a weight on you, especially for somebody who spends a lot of time on social media. It's re- it's it's really draining. But then this is life, right? So... It is. I mean, I like I was telling you guys, I, I took a break. I've been off for a couple of days. Just because it was too much information that we're consuming. And then, like, all these videos. And then people don't even censor, like, what they post. and then, Crazy. That's what I hate so much. No respect. Yeah, like, well, like, they don't have respect for the people. They don't they don't warn people before they're watching it. So, like, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing, like, someone being killed on my timeline. Like, it's just, it's just too much. I was just watching the other day like not the other day sorry today randomly it was a cl- it was a clip of a somebody who looks like they look like they're a young man but it's actually like a teenage child like maybe early uh, mid to early teens and they're being they're having the crap beaten out of them by the police and then you just see the kid start to cry like i look at the way a child would and wallahi it just my whole finished i couldn't like i just couldn't take it anymore my whole day was done it was the worst thing. I think that was one of the worst clips I've seen. I don't know. I know everything else has like been really sad and depressing and, you know, seeing people get killed and shot and hurt. But it was something about seeing a child break down like that that was just so upsetting. And honestly, this is it's such a difficult time that we live in. And, and alhamdulillah, like I'm grateful every day that we have this technology that's now available to everybody and accessible to everybody so that we can easily record, document access this information but at the same time like i'm i'm always afraid of like us becoming desensitized because there's so much out there right yeah there's just so much out there and it was so interesting i was watching this trevor noah clip and he was talking about how um he was trying to explain to his predominantly white audience (laughs) why carding is such a big problem and why people run and why people do this and why all these issues are so important to people and why they're protesting And he spoke about how, you know, we see the ones, we see the individuals who die and we're protesting about those individuals, but think about all the people who survived and the anger and resentment that builds up and why people are so angry and they're protesting. And man, it's just, I don't even know, Allah. You don't, you know, some of us, when we do activism and we do other stuff, we do on behalf of other people, but that's people's realities. So it's not just this week or the past, you know, month that they've been going through this. This is their reality 365 days a year, you know? And so this, mm-hmm. this time it's heightened. And so when they go online, they're seeing all the problematic stuff, all the traumatic stuff that's happened to them on high volume. Well, I like, honestly, you guys are talking about how you guys got off social media and stuff like that. I noticed unconsciously, I just scroll by videos really quick. Like, I stopped uh, watching videos on YouTube. I stopped... There's like a billion videos on your timeline, right? Oh, look, another case of police brutality. Another racism case. Before, I used to watch it because it was like, you know, watching a train wreck or watching a car crash. You're like, oh, people are going through what I go through, you know, kind of thing. So you, you watch it for awareness sake. And then at one point, you reach the threshold and you reach like major... Uh, what do you call them? saturation and you're like i can't do this anymore so i'm just gonna skip through all the videos let me just retweet and that's it no trigger warnings yeah. no uh, respect to the people on the timeline no understanding of other people are on the internet with you it's literally like 
people just post to post. Yeah, it's 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 actually like I have no idea what gives them, you know, the right to post people's like you know the agonizing moments. Like Last moments, yeah, it's yeah. just so it's insane to me how free they feel to black people suffering like you know it's just you know for your viewing pleasure look at how these people are treated like animals you know when i remember very clearly i was looking for for so long this tape of this of this guy who went to a national park he used to tame bears a lot so he went to like this national park and he woke up by accident this hibernating bear family or something and he was filming it he had a whole like a uh, camera thing on and it was him by himself and he was camping and he woke them up by accident and they mauled him like they literally tore him into pieces and ate him and that video is in public like you, you it's a it's a it's a public video but it was sealed by the police and then it was uh destroyed you know, it was sealed by the police because, and it was destroyed because it's just something that humans can't see. But Ahmed Arbery's uh, video is for the public. And, you know, I know it was leaked because they were not going to do anything about it unless it was leaked. But then every single black person, like, I feel like almost every single black person's death, even if it's a child, is for your viewing pleasure. Here, watch it. See how they're treated so you can feel empathy. If, you won't feel empathy. You cannot feel empathy until you actually see them dying. And maybe you'll feel a spark of something. Like you would feel for like a dog. You know? It's just like... Oh, what do you, what do you mean? They care about dogs more than they care about people, sis? 100, 110,000%. That guy, right? uh, what's his... I, I forget his name. The, the the one that just happened right now. Cooper. This, the guy that went to the Central Park. The Went to Central Park. And then that woman was like dragging the dog around. And people were more outraged about the dog than the fact that she was willing to weaponize um, her whiteness and his blackness against him. Like, yeah. It's just, come on. If you go through the comments of that uh, post, everyone was like, she's killing her dog. Why is she holding her dog like that? What is she yeah. doing? They need to take the dog away from her. And it's like, but she's trying to call the cops and murder, potentially murder this guy. Get him killed. Yeah. Murdered. Th- that's what you see. Oh my gosh. And then I just remember that, you know, that quote from Community where they're like, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. <laughs> and it's like, well, like, that's really the reality we live in, yeah. you know? But you know, the, my, my biggest concern is, is that like as painful as it is to watch these clips every day and to see this and to witness this all the time and as detrimental and as desensitizing as it is, my concern is that if these aren't brought to light, I feel like right now, the reason that we're having such a huge surge, number one, it's because of COVID. Let's not forget that. People are sick of being locked down um, in a lockdown. People are sick of being told to stay home and they're finding this as an excuse to escape. That's one thing. There's the unemployment aspect. People are reckless right now because they've a lot of them have lost their jobs. And on top of that, there's the fact that we literally have a clip of a man who was being killed for eight minutes. You know, I feel like that's a piece of the puzzle. That's kind of part of waking people up and, you know, letting like tell them that this is real. And unfortunately, unfortunately, as much as I hate it, because there's nothing more that I hate than having to educate Caucasians and non-black people of color about anti-black racism, as much as I hate doing that, 
this is one of the ways that people will see that things are that things are really happening in our world and our societies, right? Because how else if something never happens to you and you're already um whatchamacallit, and you're already uh your biases are apparent and you have no intention of changing them because you're ignorant to the fact that they need to be changed, how else are you going to find out about things that are going on around the world, right? And I don't know. It's difficult. I feel like it's it's like a there's like a balance there. You know what it is? It's our need for justice overrides our pain over trauma. It's like we just at castle or what is it called? We just um, firm it and allow the pain to go through because our need for justice overrides it. Because otherwise, we won't get any justice. So it's like watch this person die over and over again on CNN, eight minutes mm-hmm. long. Him saying all this stuff, I can't read, calling for his mom and watching this guy murder him because otherwise you guys will never give us justice or even try. That's that's the crazy part that, you know, I wasn't even talking about like social media not putting like a trigger warning or anything because anything really goes on social media until you're a reporter, right? But I was th- thinking of like, you know, the major news channels that actually have no, you know, scruples about posting someone's, you know, death like video like cnn and msnbc and all of them like major news networks dehumanize black Mm -hmm. people to Mm -hmm. the point where they can run a whole like for your viewing pleasure a whole cinema experience of watching this person just die because of police brutality because of you people like white people like (laughs) you (laughs) you know i don't trust corporate media at all like i don't care what type of, yeah, oh, any sort no. of corporate media. Fake news, just like Trump said. They're all fake news, really. Okay, so I don't know what they're trying to um, garner from, like, what is, what is it, like, for ratings, for shock value? Like, because yeah. I know they're not doing it for awareness or any sort of, like, you know, mushy feeling type of situation. And how often do you see white people dying right, on never. TV? never. That's the thing. You never, ever see never. it. You know? It's funny because the population of America is mostly white. Literally 7-8%, I think so. Because, yeah, obviously it's happened. There there has been as much as, obviously not to the same degree, but I'm pretty sure the police have killed white people. Really? I'm pretty sure that there have been times where white people have killed white people. There's been white-on-white crime. <laughs> uh, and there's video evidence of it. But we don't see any of that on TV. Nope. Like, it's because it, it's really you have to consider the value of uh, a, a white person versus a black person. And we already know what that value is so. and it doesn't fit their narrative right because why would they show you white people killing white people when you know they're then they're the good ones they're you know they don't kill each other they white people they- don't kill people you know what I mean? it doesn't fit their narrative so why would they show you that right and like even the video uh the, these videos that they show of um them killing people do you do you really believe that it's the videos that serve justice because uh, i don't think it is because they they can watch these videos and twist it however, whichever way they want. They've had... Which they do. Right? Like, because we've had evidence for so many people and we can't imagine the number of people who don't have video evidence. But, like, even for the people that do, they get away with it. Unless there's, like, right now, it's because of the outrage and, like, the amount of pressure people have put on these systems that have, like, okay, like, we're going to try him and, you know, third-degree murder. But, like, first of all, third-degree murder, but, like... They wouldn't have even done that if people weren't pissed off, even with the video that they had. They would have never done anything. I was listening to the radio here um, in Toronto, and literally this other cop came on, guys. It was the most frustrating thing to ever listen to. And I never listened to the radio. I just put it on because my dad left it on, and I when I went in the car, it came on, right? And 
this guy was like oh we don't do those kinds of things in canada where like you're kneeling on someone like that's not what in our training but you know when someone is violent or someone is out of control and you need to restrain them then you kind of have to do what you need to do and the the perpetrator or the person is who decides what happens to them so the way you behave dictates how the cop is going to react to you and ultimately it's your own fault and so even though he was saying that's not our training. So he blamed George Floyd basically he literally, for his own death. He said, oh, like what he did was wrong and he should get like in trouble for it. But at the same time, like it sounded like if he was in his position, it would have been the same outcome. He like he didn't try to, he didn't oh try God. to, uh, he sugarcoated. He literally said it like in that situation, it makes sense because he was trying to restrain him and he was like, you know, fighting him and he didn't know how else to hold him down and he had to like restrain him. Unbelievable. And then you're just listening to that and it's like, violence is their only like it's all of them it's they're all the same and that's what they're gonna do to you he basically told us that all carps are bastards because what was it three days ago or something they unearthed this edmonton video of a cop kneeling on a black guy's neck literally exactly like it was happening to george floyd and it happened two years ago but right now someone leaked the video and they were actually kneeling on his neck so when he says it's not in there I'm pretty sure American cops are not taught to kneel on someone's neck, but they all do it because they're all bastards, right? They do whatever they can to, whatever they can to restrain them. And it doesn't matter what they're doing as long as they restrain them, right? Yeah. And when they're filmed, um, the, uh, Ikran, how you were saying before, like even when they're filmed, they're not caught. And the perfect example is Eric Garner's case. He, he was actually videoed. Exactly, right? His friend was videoing the entire thing until he couldn't breathe and he died, right? And he was acquitted. The officer was acquitted. And guess where Ramsey Orta, his friend who was videoing, is now? They're, he's in jail and they're slowly killing him. They poisoned him with rat poisoning. Legitimate. It's like actual court file case. It's open. You can see it's open records. They, uh, the COs who are like the correctional officers, they literally are poisoning his food. He's in, he's in the hospital right now because of how much like they're tormenting him in prison. And the officer was acquitted. Just like, how dare you like tell on one of us is how they're slowly killing him. He's supposed to leave this year, but I don't think they're going to even allow him to be alive that much, like, you know, that far. So. Mm-hmm. What about George Zimmerman who oh, killed Trayvon God. Martin? Where's he? That's, w- that's when you know you know how they're like you know the world <sighs> just shifted. I felt something. That's when the world really shifted. They sh- how how is he still alive? <laughs> how is he still alive? How alive? You have how? So many questions. How does he does he have <laughs> secret know. services protecting I him? I don't know. I don't understand. He has a CIA protecting him. He's in prison for DUI. See, look at him. That's the funny thing for DUI. Acquitted of all charges, guys. Like, oh my god, I'll never understand what the hell this all is. But one thing that I'm really curious about to hear about, um, to hear what you guys think about is, all of a sudden, everybody and their grandma is screaming and yelling, "Black Lives Matter!" Everyone but the police is yelling, "Black Lives Matter!" Megan McCain, <laughs> I'm shook. I'm shook. <laughs> Like every, like literally every single person, and it's actually I I think it's bizarre to see that all these people have suddenly jumped on the bandwagon. People that were never about it before, people that used to make excuses for everything, all of a sudden every single Caucasian out there is protesting, is demanding justice, is the NFL. <laughs> Wasn't it Thingy's team? 
The Fortnite. What is it called? Yeah. What? <laughs> Truly, cognitive dissonance. Why am I forgetting his name? Call it Kaepernick. Kaepernick. His own team. His own team. The ones who could. The ones that kicked him sick. off. <laughs> Said BLM. They make me sick. Hashtag Everybody BLM. putting out statements. I feel like this guy is a friggin' the one, the police officer that that killed George Floyd. Honestly, because there's a million of him out there. He's not the only person to have done something like this. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's a scapegoat. I think that video struck a nerve with certain people. And and on top of that, with the current political climate that's uh that's going on right now, it just struck a chord and people are using him as a scapegoat. Because in no other instance where this has happened, what's different about... There's a million times something like this has happened. A million and one times. This isn't a one-off, right? So what's different now? Because twenty twenty. Why is everybody person- like all of a sudden awake? <laughs> I truly think it's because of the COVID yeah. situation. Like you said, a lot of people are at home, and uh, they're tuned into Twitter. Situation. And the way K-pop Twitter was trending this every night, and the way Minnesota they just started protesting and they started rioting, and then the whole Target situation. I think it just because a lot of things have been happening within a short period of time since this year started mm-hmm. especially just think about it guys it was just two weeks ago maybe three weeks ago when those michigan protesters were were with the guns at the you know the legislator so i feel like they saw that and they're like if they can do that we can do it too and so so that's probably why like it just it was just blew up it's people's tensions were high so what do you guys think in general of activism like protesting you know, going, what does it, does it serve a, how, how do you organize it? How do you gain from it? Does it serve a purpose? You know what I was thinking? I was thinking like, we were talking about right now, how they don't care about black people and they show their death on, on uh, mainstream media. But the thing is, we've been seeing death on mainstream media since we were kids, since the Iraq war, since the Gaza thing happened. So like, since we were kids, we were exposed to seeing non-white people dying on TV. Which is why I hated TV so much growing up. But I feel like this whole activism, a lot of people are aware of activism during certain, obviously it's different for everyone. But for me, I feel like at a young age, I was just exposed to politics. Like the earliest memory I can remember, you guys remember um, the bumper stickers of that Palestinian cartoon? Yes, the one with the, I know what you're talking about. I think Is it Handala? Yes, the Handala. The one with... I, that was my first memory of activism. <laughs> so for me, like activism doesn't equal protest. I literally had a handle necklace my friend got for me. That's activism. Was, wow, yo, like same for me. I think like pro being pro Palestine, like having like my friend, my, like my closest friends were Palestinian. Finding out about like the injustice. Remember that mom that you used there. to wear, wear too. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> the colored one. It's crazy because I feel like it's kind of ingrained in us. Like, I think especially as Muslims, right, for, like, haqdara and, like, fighting against injustice, that I honestly didn't even view that as activism, but it was, That's activism, because right? if you did that here, that's a political statement. Even in, let's be honest, in Dubai, that's that was crazy a to me. Even in the Middle East, that's considered a political statement, to have that, the activism. On the I think it's because I wasn't aware that it was activism, that I didn't consider it political. It just, like, I'm not going to lie, to me, it was just like, oh, what they're doing is wrong. So it's wrong. You know what I mean? So I didn't really view it as activism or political or or anything. Or maybe because I was surrounded by like a lot of, like everyone there, well, most people are pro-Palestine, no? Yeah. yeah. Is that why? I don't For know. Normal. I think that's why. So I didn't really, like that. there was no other thing. Like And like all the time you would hear about what's going on in Palestine, right? And so I feel like that's kind of how I grew up with it. 
So yeah. it's normal. So when these other things come up, it just seems natural to like kind of be on like fighting against oppression versus not doing anything. Like we've always been standing up for the injustices that have been happening around the world, right? Yeah, and I remember because I've been seeing it on the TL a lot, like what is the moment that politicized you? And I remember like really clearly, I was, I think I was, was it 2006? Maybe I was like nine or 10. And we were getting ready. It was Eid al We were getting ready for Salat. And you know how we we would always turn on back in Sharjah? You, Emirates, we would turn on Quran. So why do I feel like exactly? You know what I'm talking about, right? Because <laughs> it was it's it's a shared trauma. Whoever lived in like the Middle East oh at this time, God. and we were we would listen to we would be listening to Quran before we left, right? Because Saturday was an hour after us. No, before us. So, I mean, after us, sorry. So, we were all listening to Quran, and then I was looking at the thingy, reading a Quran with Sudais, and then randomly, all of the channels changed to Saddam Hussein's um, beheading, like his hanging. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we see his face, him saying, like, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah or something. And and my mom and dad were not even in the room, because it was just like, we were just getting ready, right? And I just see this guy getting hanged on my flat screen on Eid al-Adha. And I was like nine or something, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> so, you know, that was, yeah, that was such an interesting day. And I think that was just like when I was aware that, you know, life is different for people <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> you know? So I wouldn't say it politicized me, but it made me aware of politics in mm-hmm. a certain way. That was really traumatizing because that was like the one Eid that we actually were slaughtering a goat in our house, like outside of our house. And so we literally... I remember that. Like it was just... Wow. Wallahi, that was crazy. I, like it's such a vivid memory too. They really like... They subjected us to watching that. Like that was normal. That was humane. Yeah. Right? How was that normal? First of all, watching those... Uh, th- those famous stories, you know, the the father who protecting his... They made it seem like it's a movie, but these were real lives. So it's like, for us, we connected with these victims of war through our screens. So it just made sense for us to defend them in real life and to be active and talk about these movements, right? And anyone who wasn't... Like, did you not watch the news? Did you not see that kid die? How could you not have a heart? That's how it seemed like to me back then, you know? So like, when you think about your first act of activism, this was it. Yeah, I think growing up for a lot of us, I don't know about you guys, but because growing up in Canada and being living in a very insular and isolated society, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really have that much in terms of racial disparities growing up as a kid because I went to a school from kindergarten to the eighth grade that was almost exclusively Somali. The teachers were Somali, the principal, the kids. So I didn't, and then I would go home and my neighborhood was very multicultural. So I didn't really deal with that many racial issues or I, I just didn't notice. So for me, like the things that actually, what, what's the, what's the phrase you use, Juwedia? Girl, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it was, it was literally uh, 9-11. Like I remember I was in the fifth grade and they sat us all in the gymnasium first thing in the morning. And it was really weird because we don't do that. So we were all in the gymnasium and they told this guy something really bad happened today and we're having a half day and da 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 da. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't really understand. And then I went home and I found out and then you know, they would, the Afghanistan war happened and then they started attack, bombing Iran, all, uh, Iraq, sorry, and all this stuff. And I just remember sitting in my living room at this point, I think I was like in the sixth or seventh grade, sitting in the living room and watching as if it was like a video game, like the bombing of Iraq live. 
And that shook me to the core because my dad and like my, my parents have friends who have lived in Iraq and stuff and they talk about it. My parents, before they came to Canada, they lived in the Middle East. We, when we were younger, I lived in Syria for a year and it was just really bizarre seeing that. And then the worst, the worst thing that actually like, that was really surreal watching that. And the one thing that actually like had me shook to my core and I was like, they can comfort any of us was when they put that kid, Umar, Umar, um, Kader in uh, Guantanamo Bay. And that had me shook to my core because I felt like they can literally pluck me from anywhere and throw me in as well. Yep. Because he was just a youth, yeah, right? At the end of the day, that was in like 15. the wrong place at the wrong yeah, time. Right? Yeah, he was a 15-year-old kid. And that could have been anybody, you know? And there was no, th- that happened to him. You hear about this kind of thing all the time. And that just traumatized me to another level. And I couldn't even handle it. To be honest, like every t- watching the documentaries, watching the the news clips, reading about it, I like I can't get through without shaking. You know? Yeah. You know what's crazy is that I feel like our parents did shelter us. We were sheltered kids. It's just you couldn't avoid it. Literally, my parents were in the room, and then all the channels changed. So then Hussein's hanging. Like, what is that even? You know? Like, who thought that was a good idea? Like, I don't the get same it. People doing what they're doing today. Yeah. Right. The people that think, like, children... Because obviously we were in the Middle East, right? So children in the Middle East are not as valuable as children in the West, right? So they can they can see what people that have nothing to do with them rot to society and how we treat people that do the things so that they don't grow up like this. Girl. <laughs> it's like, you know? Unavoidable activism. I'm pretty sure, like, it would have happened in the West that all the channels changed into some random person's hanging, right? On Eid morning. On oh my god. And Bush, after he was asked, because he was asked, why was it done on Eid morning? And then he's just like, oh, I apologize. I had no idea it was Eid. I don't know. Bullshit. See, like, what? It was planned. Of all 365 days in yeah. the year, he did it the same day that Muslim people slaughter animals yep. to celebrate yep. Eid. That's he literally BS. said he, he had no idea. He said that with his chest. Like, and then that's actually even a lie. as a child, I knew that he was lying. You know, as a child, I was just like, bro, I didn't even know he denied it. Did. I just thought it was on purpose, and that he was did it. Deny it? Yeah, he said he had no idea, and I know because I googled it so many times. I'm like, did he know? <laughs> what do you guys think about people that distance themselves from being a social justice warrior? Who who kind of speak of it with the negative connotation? It's privilege, lack of awareness, ig- willf- willful ignorance, uh, money. There's just so many factors. Like, which one is it? Because, like, some people don't want to talk about it because, let's say, they have a couple of business deals. And, and you know, we know what happens when people are active. Colin Kaepernick is an example that lost all his deals, right? So is it money? Is it because you don't care about uh, the people that are impacted? Is it because you're ignorant and you choose not to educate yourself? Or, you know, like some people are like, oh, I don't know enough about what's going on. So are you choosing to be ignorant? So I feel like some people aren't at, like aren't activists or active or fight for justice because they pick they pick when or they just choose not to for different reasons. Or it's just not in their interests, basically. No, yeah, and I think they're so cowardly because all all of these changes that allow them to live a more easy life happen because of protests and people fighting and everything like this, right? So they like to reap the benefits, but they don't ever like to be part of the voice of change. Or if they want to, they just want to hijack it from someone that already did it. So white people, basically. At this point, it's not only white people, let's be honest. Yeah. Oh my god. 
there's also like okay that's like okay if you know you don't care because you happen not to care about people whatever right but like when you look at the other factor like as muslims right it's part of our deen and it's our haq upon other people that we should be like protecting people from oppression or serving justice no matter what right so like let's say you're just suck as a person but it's still your duty like as a muslim you know what i mean that you're doing it like maybe you're not moved by this because you're not a decent person like you don't care about people dying but islam puts that hack on you like you still have to do it as a muslim you know what i mean and then forget other people just in general remember like right now everyone's you know on the bandwagon everyone's black lives matter but we were on twitter and we we remember when these same people who are are now saying black lives matter and who are now posting hadiths about justice and oppression were literally singing different tunes forget five years ago last year last year these same people were like oh like it's wrong for you to see be saying black lives matter islam already gives black lives black people everything you're a kafir why are you trying to incorporate different things into the deen the islam already says not to be racist so why would you do this you know what i mean and it's like we remember we didn't forget it was last year all these conversations that i've had with people on twitter on on whichever platform i remember it right and it's like okay like i'm here for a good uh good character character development arc like i love it as much as the next person you know but we didn't even see that character development we just saw haram yes we're for it you know what i mean so it's just it's weird it's interesting to see what the thought process was behind it like of course we know people can change but it's like you know you literally were saying this was haram you were saying this is shirk you were saying you know like all these crazy things and these black lives didn't matter to you before but today they do you know and it's just interesting to see like and this is not just Muslim people, like, we're also talking about, like, politicians and celebrities who, you know, were quiet for all these years, but now everyone wants to speak on it. So is it, are they speaking on it because it's the cool thing now? Are they speaking on it because, like, Estelle, you were saying in another conversation that, like, activism is profitable. Like, why, it, it, you just wonder, like, why are you doing this now? Did you really change? Is it for money? Is it for, like, to be part of the movement? Like, what, what is it? What's crazy is not that they were silent. A lot of them were vocally against it. Like, they had the time to sit here and argue with you how much Black Lives Don't Matter. Like, how much this movement is a sham. But all of a sudden, it's Black Lives Matter. There was no in-between. Like, I wish it was mostly the Mm -hmm. silent people. It's the people that were vehemently fighting people who tweeted about Black Lives Matter that are changing their tune and it's like like you said I love a character development arc I love to see people change for good but it's like where did it come from? yeah where did it come from? on top mm-hmm. of that you wrote hashtag Black Lives Matter now but there's you're not saying you're not putting in the same energy you were when you were against it so what's going on? yeah wow exactly I think it just feels really insincere performative mm-hmm. And it feels like, like you guys said, they're profiting. But I just want to go back to something that actually made me really laugh really hard. Um, And it was, I don't know if I mentioned this before, Yasir Qadi's statement um, (laughs) about how he came, about how he came to be a little bit more aware. So basically he put out, Yasir Qadi, the the scholar, uh, put out a statement about how he grew up in Texas and his dad was living in Texas back in like the 60s. And he had no idea... That his brown father, his South Asian brown father, dealt with racism. He thought his father navigated life as a white man. He didn't realize his father was called an N-word in the streets. 
or that he was abused, spat on, whatever. And all of a sudden, after obtaining a undergraduate, postgraduate, PhD, he then spoke to his father, had a conversation and realized that, hey, racism exists for brown people too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the funniest thing and it was really interesting because i to be honest though like i as much as i laugh it felt like reading that i felt like okay fine it seems like it's a sin he really did have this experience and it doesn't it didn't feel really fake reading it but i had to laugh in terms of entertainment factor and i appreciated him putting that statement out there for all the other brown folk mm-hmm. that he need that need to be um spoken to and lectured because i don't think and I've said this a thousand, a million, and one times that it's black people's responsibility to educate non-black people of color or white people or whoever. Mm-hmm. So I really do appreciate when I see people like Yasir Qadi or Hassan Minaj or whoever else go out and lecture their people and tell them to fix up, you know? I mean, when I saw a TikTok of, and it was like some East Asian kid um, who was like, oh, I can't find them. I can't find them. All the people who were protesting um, against the racism that Asians, um, East Asian people were getting um, when it came to coronavirus. Where are they now with Black Lives Matter? You know, I love to see that kind of shit. Call your own people out because I'm not going to waste time on you. You know? The one thing that was so funny about the Yasser Qadi thing was he went to his father asking, like he wanted like an anecdotal um, story. He's just like, do you know how black people were treated back in the day about like, did they have like those colored and non-colored places? And then his father is just like, I was one of those people. <laughs> he was just expecting like a short story about how black people were treated in the <laughs> He grew up in yeah, Texas. Yeah, that Texas. was the funniest part. And then his father just looked at him. He's like, I was one of those people. <laughs> Oh, you were a colored? Like, I'm the N-word. I'm a nigger. <laughs> and so that was the funny part for me about that one. I thought, like, when I was reading it, I was like, yeah, great. Like, you know, you recognize your privilege and stuff. But honestly, and I understand he's teaching people and it's great. And I thought, like, I thought, like, okay, now you now you know that you were wrong and you were privileged. So, like, it was kind of weird reading about that. Like, you're someone who's educated and whatever. And these were, like, your perceptions. You didn't recognize that racism existed and whatever. <laughs> but I think the other point is, like, it's scary to me how many people are coming out of the woodworks talking to us about their jahil nimo and, like, telling us, like, like well, there was one point about this person talking about how violently racist their parents are. Without like, shame. Telling us about, like, how they grew up in such like racist environments and i feel like we don't need to know how like if you're with the movement now and you're genuine and sincere i don't need to know that you called someone the n-word like you know two years ago like i just don't know if we need to know Oh, like liam neeson when he said oh i my friend got hurt and then i went out in the streets and tried to kill a black person like i feel (gasps) oh my god if you are like i like i'm trying to differentiate like if you are on these platforms against it and now you're for it i feel like i need to see character development if we didn't know you were doing that before i don't know i don't think i need to know it now like yeah. we don't need to know about your history and how you learn that shame. black people matter and yeah. like it's so gross isn't it like you want me to absolve you of your guilt yeah like we don't need to know that keep your sins to yourself right yeah exactly i think that's why islam says like whatever allah like hid for you don't expose it so like if we didn't see it we don't need to know how racist you were it's too late if someone told you that they were racist before and now they're better and they're for black people like it's just Mm -hmm. insincere like keep it to yourself so that i i take you Mm -hmm. as you are now 
not have to weigh what you did before and now and then decide for myself if you're worthy. And you will never be worthy if you were racist in the beginning, to be honest, in my opinion. Okay, so... Yeah. It's just... It's just, we don't need to, some things we don't need to know. Like, if you weren't out there with it, you don't have to be out with it now, you know? If you're out there with it before and we know about it and we saw you, and then now you can kind of, you know, like, if you want to just, like, explain whatever, that's one thing. But if we never knew in the first place, I don't think it's relevant now. And you're kind of taking away from the narrative, too. Like, we don't care about your journey. This is not about you. So why are you making about it about you now, you know? So I think it's kind of weird. All these people, like talking about how racist their families are how the racist they used to be it's kind of scary and creepy yeah literally and i think i was i was seeing on twitter or something how america also like you know hell anyways they have these towns (laughs) where they have a sundown or whatever like the lynching starts if they see black people after sundown and it still exists. Like, what? well, I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. Okay, yeah. There's what? a bunch of little towns all over um, America where it's called sundown towns. Where if they see black people after nighttime, lynching for all black people after nighttime. We'll never hear about. And that's legal. Stuff. It's legal. Like nobody. It's a. It's a. It's a town. Like they. They govern themselves. The KKK are probably the police. Well, they are, even in big cities. I'm so scared. SubhanAllah. We think the West is, like, better at handling racism or something, and it's more in the open, and then something like this comes out, and you're just like, so I'm in hell. (laughs) You know? Uh, What do you guys think about, like, the Middle East and racism? Oh, my God. Because I know we all live there. And, you know, I saw someone tweeting about, like, oh, my gosh, thank God I live (laughs) In, like, the Middle East where there's no violence against <laughs> black people. <laughs> oh, my God. Did they forget about the maids who uh, were being abused by their... Um, what word can I use for the, their employers or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, how many of them got beat, raped, abused, killed? Mm-hmm. That poor woman, the clip that went around that was literally thrown out of a window. Yeah. I'm sorry. You know, those are the extreme What's wrong stuff? with these people? That's the extreme stuff I, that, alhamdulillah, we didn't deal with. But every single day, I mean... Girl, what about carrying backpacks? That used to traumatize me. Like, when we'd go to school and we'd see our classmates and then their maids would come with them with their backpacks and they look so tired. I would just used to stare and be like, this is reality. I remember yeah. that. No, it's different. They they kind of treated them as subhuman. Yeah. Yo, no, you guys saw yesterday, right? My sister, she posted on her story, like, she was posting about, like, architecture and, like, the environment that they're in, how it's, like, super anti-black or whatever. And her friend messaged her just saying, oh, just shut up. Yo, like, it really reached peak, like, because she's been posting stuff, right? So, I clearly, it got so annoying to them that they just replied, oh, just shut up, okay? And she said, excuse me? And then they were like, yeah, like, we get it. The blacks are oppressed, blah, blah, blah. Can you imagine? And this is, like, this is someone she's known for quite a while. So, it's just... Buzz- like it's not bizarre it's not crazy it's not shocking but it's just the entitlement that some people have um in like policing people getting annoyed that you're yeah <laughs> i swear i had to laugh i laughed I so hard i, I honestly laughed so hard so like i wonder do you guys have people who you guys have been seeing show their true colors during this time i have a lot of people acting surprised Mm -hmm. as if they've never seen anything like this happen before but i don't have anybody that said anybody anything to anybody who's close to me that said anything shady no all lives matter folk no i don't think i would be close to anybody who talked like that i said i I might like regularly post on my instagram 
to see who would dare me do that to me who would dare do that to me because mm-hmm. i would expose their entire information and i don't care if we knew each other since the age of five yes wow me too yo i've been saying this i was like i just want someone to try me like i'm ready i'm angry like i need an outlet i need someone to try me but like alhamdulillah like no one's been really on that wave so i'm good and i feel like my twitter has been cleaned up so i don't have any (laughs) (laughs) everybody's been uh soft blocked blocked or muted it's a good opportunity to do that yeah, so now mm. I don't really have problematic people, but you know, I see so like the, I hear about people who are like, oh, you know, I'm blo- I'm cleaning up my friends list, I'm blocking people, I'm deleting people left, right, and center. So I was like, oh well. The thing is, for me, this is not the first BLM. Uh, this is not the first BLM protest. Ferguson happened. Yeah. Baltimore yeah. happened. Flint, Finch, exactly. Michigan happened. That's when I blocked everyone. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, we've been blocking people from time. I think. I think so at this point in my life, I'm, I'm somewhere where there's no point. There's no point in arguing with people. There's no point with fighting people. It's just silence, block, mute, whatever. I'm done. But guys, have you recently been to any? So over this last this period of time right now, have you been to any of the protests? We haven't. No. In your local cities, areas, neighborhoods, whatever. Um, I haven't because I think. The COVID-19 is super, you know, still out there, still on these streets. And I just don't think it's safe. Certain people should be protesting. But I also think like people need to know whether they should or shouldn't be. Just considering how black people are disproportionately impacted by corona already. Um, the hospitals hate black people. They don't want you die. So just I think people should be safe if you can handle it. Go out, do what you got to do. If you can't handle it or you live with vulnerable people, don't protest. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and if... And if the whole point of your protest is to take pictures with a sign, say, you know, and shit like that, and then post it on Instagram, <laughs> you know, what was the, you have to have like an actual goal going in. What was the reason? Right? What was the reason? Like that you risked your health for this, you know, because they take pictures mm-hmm. of you, your health, like in like disease, Rona. But also mm-hmm. these police people and these other the media people taking pictures of you because this it's not just gonna go away it's gonna follow you not today not tomorrow months from now years from now they're gonna get you somehow some way so if you are okay with that fine I would be okay with that too with risking that but I would like to know that something's being done in my city for what I am marching against you know. On top of that, now would be a perfect yeah, time to remember that almost all the leaders of the protests that happened in Ferguson are dead. dead. Okay, they're not arrested. They're not. This is. They didn't disappear. Almost all of them are dead. So, like, this is something to take into consideration. Is that it's fun, it's nice, but the way we are policed on social media and the way we are being targeted on social media. What we know about it is only an anthill compared to what it really is. You know, like it's like a mountain of information and all the, they're doing online is collecting information right now. And they're not going to act on it now. They're going to act on it in a couple well, of months. When people forget. You and, know, people and you will forget about it until you're literally, you're, they're going to knock on your door. Mm-hmm. So if it was worth it, go for it. Yeah, I think something that's really important to consider is that a lot of the protests that are happening internationally outside of America, I mean, specifically, are in solidarity with what happened in the States, right? Yeah. 
like so everybody's in solidarity with the black lives matter movement with what happened with the victims of um police brutality and um anti-black racism and abuse and all of that right Mm -hmm. so bearing that in mind okay so that's one aspect of why people are protesting why else is your city protesting why else is there a protest going on mm-hmm. what's the purpose like every there's a there's a chapter of blm in, in a lot of cities outside of the states as well so what what do they hope to gain what are their demands in that city if their whole thing is um to absolve white folk of you know their guilt and to have and have and, and kneel with police and do the macarena with the military or um you know pat um politicians on the back for what they're doing then cancel the whole thing but if so for example here in the uk like obviously there's a lot especially in london police brutality is obviously a thing and you know there's a lot to there's a lot to protest for but how is that being organized what's going on and also let's not forget guys protesting is not necessarily a message all the time sometimes it's an outlet right sometimes it's a way for you to express your anger and your rage i mean i'm i i'm forget about protesters people who are looting i completely understand why they're doing it right i completely understand yes there's some messy people out there i mean there's so many videos of of little Caucasian skater boys and skater girls breaking windows and shit with their actual skateboards and screw them because they're trash. But in terms of black people trying, like having an outlet to express their rage and their anger, I completely understand. If you live in a society and most people do live in a society where you're not valued and you're considered trash and the people who are there to protect you don't respect you as a human being, as somebody who exists, you're, I, th- I think you're totally, you're, you're, everything is valid. Everything you're doing is valid, in my opinion. Do you, right? But all, like Akran said, take the precautions. If you are coming back home to somebody who is vulnerable, which a lot of us are, a lot of us are living with elderly parents or grandparents, take it easy. Be careful. Make sure you're, you know, you're protecting yourself. Make sure you're going out with your masks. Try your best to socially distance. Make sure you're wearing nondescript clothing. Make sure you're not identifiable. Turn off your phone. Face ID and password for your phone off. Exactly. Everything needs to be off, you know? So you just be careful when you're out there in these streets, guys. Everybody and everyone out there. I know a lot of um, our listeners are out there protesting um, or are going to protest. I'm probably going to go to one if I'm being honest. But just be careful and be safe. What is it? The, the thing that they like to say, uh, Michael, Mike, what is it? Sorry. Martin Luther King said the protest is the language of the unheard. And with the way our voting systems are going and the way our governments are running, honestly, this was bound to happen. I hate people uh, that keep quoting MLK, no offense. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Wallahi. Even I forgot his name for a second because I erased it. No, but what pisses me off is people are acting like um, he ran the civil rights movement and that everything was about turning the other cheek. And yes, he was a good little Negro when in reality, he was assassinated. Nobody liked him back then either. And he was part of a huge movement. Okay, so I don't even that included Malcolm X, the Black Panther. Malcolm X dragged him for filth. Okay, how are you gonna read him? Didn't he end up apologizing though? What Malcolm X said, uh, he, they made up in the end. Yeah, but um, yeah, they did because he became a villain. But let's not forget, um, the same way that um, they made if if they made up in the end or whatever it was, uh, Martin Luther King kind of had regrets towards the end of his life about everything that happened, right? about his peaceful approach and, you know, turning the other cheek and the language that he used. He still had some regrets about that. So 
I mean, people like to just quote... It's not even um, that. It's how people weaponize him. There's more to it, you know? And it's white people who are using this against yes. us. Yes, you know what's the worst part? The language they use, peaceful protest. I'm with anyone who does a peaceful protest. What are you talking about? Like, are you saying all these other people are wrong? Yeah, listen, honestly, I don't even care what the Caucasians say, to be honest, at this point, because you know what? They have a lot to prove to show that they're actually allies. But what upsets me is, what really like upsets me and makes me like friggin' depressed is when I see black people condemning people who are protesting, black people who are protesting, black people who are enraged, black people that are, you know, possibly rioting or looting. I don't understand why they feel the need to please their mas- their masters and go out here and scream and shout that we condemn this and we don't blah. shut up Biden surrogates no honestly what wh- why do you care if people loot a target money what's gonna happen to because you because they they're scared for their own money you know that picture of Dave Chappelle hugging the lock I don't understand I genuinely don't understand like it's it just it feels like ass kissery if you're talking about like black businesses and like mom and pop shops that are being like you know looted and stuff i somewhat understand even though those ones are insured so let's relax <laughs> insurance is a is a thing at the same time like i kind i kind of somewhat understand that but for you to be upset that they've looted a pharmacy or they've looted a shop um a target or some other ginormous supermarket or whatever please why We're just trying to silence until people. yeah until we get rid of capitalism we will never be liberated as a society <laughs> Death to capitalism. Oh my god, facts. Death on period. I had a whole argument with a friend about which needed to be um, dismantled first. um, Racism or capitalism. And I just gotta say, it was very interesting. Capitalism is the the mother of racism. It exists because of of that. No, I I would say racism exists because of capitalism. They have a symbiotic relationship. They can't live without each other. But one of them... And they're both just as hard to get rid of. Yeah. But that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> Ooh, guys, we didn't talk about allyship. What do you guys think about that? Like, how do you think someone can be a good ally? Or Don't don't call me a person of color. Go and police your own communities. Just go and pl- figure out, fix shit in your own communities. Please. If you're a brown ally, go fix shit in the brown community. If you're Caucasian, go fix shit in the, in, in the white communities. That's what I think. That's, that should be most. But don't stick your nose into black business you know when i started disbelieving this whole ally thing first of all there's no way that only black people can change the world like just depending on black like realistically speaking you do need a higher awareness you do need like a lot of people supporting you but the way people weaponize allyship i remember watching the view and there's this lady she was called sierra something and she was like i'm an ally i help black people i allow their voices to speak but why uh, do people question me, basically? Like, I'm your ally. Why do you come after me when I do something wrong? Basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm an ally. Why do you treat me like other white people? They think they have a past because they, you know, they speak up a couple times. <laughs> Literally. But, like, who should be the one who's educating them about it? Because it's like, people want to be allies, but then they also want black people to run their allyship workshops and teach them how to be allies. So, like, it seems, I don't know, like, the whole thing... Like, I get it. We need it. But it's like, who's spearheading this? Like, are you telling me the oppressed now have to teach the oppressor how to behave and how to get rid of oppression? Like, how how does it work? Black people are expected to do so much. Like, all this emotional labor, all this labor where black people have to teach, black people have to fight for justice and, like, fight against 
like whatever's happening to us but on the side we also have to teach our white colleagues and our peers and people who are are stupid about what they're doing is wrong and why this is important and it's like huh it just seems very exhausting exhausting and i'm not gonna do it Screw yeah you. 2020 that was my resolution yeah and then and then there are people who are like oh then how am i ever gonna learn like i don't know figure it out but I, did I teach you how to oppress me when I'm teaching you how to not oppress me? Uh, it just seems like this is why the inter- this is why I had to take a break from Twitter. <laughs> I was so tired of yelling at people. Do you know what the most annoying thing is right now? You have all these institutes and universities and colleges. But and- they want black people to do the labor. Yeah, they want us. They literally are calling out. Like how many universities right now and hospitals here in London are basically having con- or staging conversations. And I put that in air quotes mm-hmm. with um, black students or employees. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we want to fix things. What can we do? Yeah, come Why tell the us hell? what you need. What? Why? <laughs> well, our local boss ignored us for so long. And all of a sudden, let's have a Zoom air your grievances today. Not only, no, they posted a... Bilal, uh, you know, tired and true. You know, Hadith. there's no racism in Islam. Of course. The Prophet's last sermon, you know, literally tried and true. That's all they do, right? And then everybody's just like, what are you talking about? Look at this disappointing statement from one of the leading pioneers of in North America. How dare you? You guys always fire people that are, you know, racially aware and want to bring inclusivity. That person is always fired whenever that person becomes like the point of contact for black people in the mosque. And they're just like, we'll have a Zoom meeting. And <laughs> today is the Zoom meeting. Ikran, if you want to, if you guys want to observe, come through. Um, I'm hopping in. What are you talking about? Why you think can be the height? I was already in the comment section. I might as well join the meeting. <laughs> Listener, it did not go well. But, like, that's what they do all the time. They, when they finally realize, like, okay, we need to do something, they force you to come and come up with your own solutions. Like, why? And then, and then if you don't show up, they're going to be like, well, we tried. You didn't want to come. But, like, why do I have to do your work for you? Yeah, CBC Vancouver, I think so. They tweeted day before yesterday. They said, if you guys have any racist encounters or incidents, please send us an email about it and then everybody was just like please delete this okay it's not like if you guys what are you doing for your mother's day or something it's not like something people are just gonna tell you like oh my gosh tell us a cute story about what happened <laughs> tell us about being a nigger. right tell us who called you a nigger you know what do you mean i'm gonna just randomly tell you about something that traumatized me like what does that mean it's not even mm-hmm. the that's not even the point it's every single time blm trends they tweet this mm-hmm. they deleted it though <laughs> and you know who else I actually want to come for? First of all, Somali guys who have been from time calling Somali girls social justice warriors every time they say Black Lives Matter as if the lives that are we're talking about don't include theirs. Like, it's so interesting that people throw, like, we didn't really talk about it properly, but social justice warrior, every time you try to stand up or, you know, speak up for justice, someone's just like, ugh, like another social justice warrior, ha ha ha. And they're very belittling. But now, again, like, you know, this, it impacts them. Fam, it's because black men are the weakest link. No, but these are the same people who are now reformed, Ikran. These people are different now. Like, these are the people that you're talking about who last year we're going after mostly Muslim and, and black girls for being social justice, quote-unquote, social justice yeah. warrior and, like, takfiring or whatever other language they were using. And now, all of a sudden, like, Black Lives Matter, retweet, retweet, retweet. So, please, I can't. 
pro- it's very uh, white supremacist because being a social what's wrong with being a social justice warrior if i'm going to be any type of warrior i want to be a social justice warrior i don't understand why to me like even when, with the minute that that term is used oh my god here's another social justice warrior that doesn't phase me at all because i don't see it as well, a problem what kind of warrior do i want to be a warrior for a state you want to be in the army instead of being a social justice warrior you know they always talk bad about activists like activists don't make the world go round literally every single thing yeah. that you have is you would be enslaved right now because you're black if it wasn't for social justice warriors. No takfir, but the Prophet was an activist. <laughs> Every, he right? Was, exactly. Oh Umar Suleiman, he has a whole series, guys, 40 hadiths on social justice, and it's literally so bomb. Everyone should check it out, and especially people who think activism or Black Lives Matter or protesting or whatever is not part of Islam. You need to just read about how the Prophet ﷺ was so against oppression, like he hated it so much, you know? And what is going on? It is oppression. And I was reading yesterday that Ibn Qayyim considered racism a form of shirk, guys. Like that's, it's so crazy how like out of touch a lot of us are with like the realities and the importance of social justice and fighting for justice is in islam like forget us as black people you know what i mean like in islam like it's actually like our responsibility there are so many hadiths so many ayahs that are revealed in the quran that that tell us if we see oppression we have to stop it you know and it's just it's just crazy how it's very belittled and you know like people want to make light of the situation insult you with it what do you mean belittle it though the one thing though i would respect the argument so much more if if it was an argument of there's a time and a place for every type of, of every type of um behavior and activism i would understand that yeah. but the fact that they're completely blanketing everything and saying that it's all wrong um protesting is wrong and the argument that were used during the arab spring and the protests in muslim countries and like sudan and stuff the arguments that were used it's how people were using the language of you know going against the muslim ruler and da 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 blah 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 that just was so disgust that language was so yeah disgusting inside hateful right that's what upset me the most that rhetoric is just and it's people that are privileged this isn't language coming from people that live in those countries it's people out here in the west that are living a life of privilege who are speaking like this what what i find the most interesting is like the that same energy was never there when we're on the streets protesting for palestine or protesting for syria like there's there's a pattern that's like whenever it's black people like black arabs when it was sudan or when we're fighting for black people protesting is suddenly like oh like you shouldn't protest you shouldn't shouldn't do this but like the same way we're on the streets for black lives matter we're on the streets for palestine like going on runs protesting the injustices that are going on in palestine as well in iraq in Sudan, in syria everywhere you know what i mean we have dinners we have like we talk we talk about it those things are considered normal i guess as muslims but whenever it comes to black lives or like black muslim lives even you know the they just that same energy is not reciprocated we go to whole Taraweeh and Qudbas where they're only praying for Syria and Palestine and the other Arab and countries. And we don't mind yeah. because we want the best Literally, for them. we're all donating. You know? Not once our countries are mentioned. Not once uh, African countries are mentioned. Not even African countries. Rohingya Muslims are not mentioned. Uyghur Muslims are not mentioned. Exclusively Palestine and Syria. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. And you don't feel ill will because you want the best for them. And I can pray for my people on my own. Like, it's it's not a big deal, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. you preventing us from actually acting on behalf of our own people now? Like, 
Mm-hmm. And comparing to like the whole Olympics, like, oh my gosh, these people have it worse or these people have it like this. Or there were pictures that I started seeing of like uh, the Israeli cops on the necks of Palestinian um, people. And it's like, subhanAllah, we, we can fight for both of them. There's no reason to like pick and choose who we're focusing on. Like yeah. you don't need to direct attention away from what's happening. We can focus on both. Also, the way black Muslims champion champion everyone. Like, black Muslims always talk about Palestine, always talk about Yemen, always talk about Syria in their poetry, in their speeches, like, unprovoked. Right? Like, we put our livelihoods in jeopardy for... Just because Mm -hmm. you're from the Ummah. Like, if a person came to me discussing um, Israeli and Palestinian politics... I am a Palestinian at that moment. You know, I speak as mm, if facts. I am a Palestinian for you. You know, but we're not yeah. afforded the same courtesy. And, you know, that's facts. It's just a lot of it, at the end of the day, it's steeped in, it's steeped in racism, anti-black racism, right? And the same people who are going on about why aren't you talking about Palestine? Why aren't you talking about Syria? Why aren't you talking about Iraq? Why aren't you talking about Yemen? They're the same people who you never hear a peep out of them when we are talking about facts. those countries. Mm. Back. Right, so the the same people like true proper true activists know better than to do that. You know what I mean? People who are really passionate about, uh, of course, I'm not gonna say all of them, but people who a lot of people who are actually out there protesting and doing their best and doing their damnedest to bring um uh justice to all are actually not the ones who are screaming the most. The ones who are screaming the most are people who don't give a shit about the about those aforementioned countries and are just now talking because they're the racism had to come out mm-hmm. some way or the other. <laughs> this is just one evolution. Exactly. It's just another face. It's just another face of the same thing, the same issue. And at the end of the day, I think, in my personal opinion, it's the black people for themselves. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. It's always been black people. This whole POC language, I hate the word people of color. I hate, or what are they, in the UK, they go B-A-M-E, so black and ethnic minorities. Ugh. Bame or whatever the hell that word is. Like, why did you guys go out of your way to create another term, Horta, for the same thing? All I know is those terms disgust me. I'm not a person of Don't color. Don't ever call I'm me black. a person of color. That is yeah, offensive. It's dead. Dead I am in the language. Don't call black. me a black. Yeah. Blackity black, 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 black. But you know, also, like, what is the beauty of Islam is it doesn't matter. Like, if we're doing something, we're not doing it to get something in return. So that's why, like, it, I guess it doesn't matter if these same people don't owe us the same courtesy. Thanks. Like, our intersectionality is like that. Perhaps Black Lives Matter won't defend us when, you know, our Muslim identities are mm-hmm. under attack. And it happens that Muslim people are not going to defend us when, when our, our skin color or whatever is under attack. And that's just the reality that we live in. And you know what I mean? We can't pick and choose what side we're on. We're both, we're black and we're Muslim. And we have to deal with, um, you know, being neglected by both groups for each of our identities. So I guess, but the beauty of Islam is like, we're not doing it so we can get something back in return. We're doing it because it's a part of our religion. We're, we notice you guys, we see you guys. We'll call you But out. like at the end of the day, it's not going to make us do any less of what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be like, okay, now I'm not going to do this anymore. You know what it is? I truly... That's how I see activism. In the end of the day, like you said, the beauty of Islam is that you're judged based on your individual actions. And so my individual choice is to stand against injustice regardless of how who it is. Who it is against and who's causing it. So therefore... For that reason, I'm oh, going to be a social justice warrior. I'm going to talk about every single injustice I see, whether that's Black Lives Matter, whether that's to do with Palestine or Uyghur Muslims or 
non-Muslims, whoever it is, if I see an injustice, I'm going to talk about it. And the beauty of Islam is that I'm going to be judged only for my actions. And if you get upset because other people are not defending you just because you defended them, then maybe you need to reevaluate why you were doing it in the first place. Exactly. Facts. Facts, it's facts, only facts. Somali girls for themselves too. So just, you know, even facts. even Somali girls. <laughs> Let's be real. It'd be like that. So, you know, we're our own island. Oh my god. And it's, it's okay. okay. We're we're loud enough for the rest of all demographics, and we're proud. What's up? I'm not gonna lie. I always be, get a little bit surprised whenever I see um, a Somali boy who's like part of the movement i get a little bit surprised because the ones who aren't so vocal like there's ones who aren't so vocal um who are super vocal against and then there's a number who just stay silent i've seen that so i always get really pleasantly surprised and really happy when i see a somali boy go out of his way to fight for injustice against injustice i've seen some people on twitter that they are just talking about normal things like the world isn't burning in front of our eyes like you know the riots are going all these people are talking about black lives matter and this person is talking about how much gold is in turkey and another country or whatever and i'm just like what is the (laughs) revenue i'm like what are you talking about like they don't talk about one thing to do with with any of the things that are going on completely different situation and i'm just like do you not notice what's going on around you how little do you care and this is a somali person too so it was just like weird behavior do you know what's so funny i went to stalk somebody on twitter it was this uh white woman and basically she was like oh my timeline is uh not talking about what you call it i'm not seeing too much about blm and the protests and everything right now so obviously i need to purge and she's like oh that looks better and i was just like i need more people like this honestly she's like that that's the biggest thing It, it really speaks so much about the kind of person you are who you follow and who you listen to and who you watch you know what I mean? There are so many people this last few week, week or so that I have unfollowed on Twitter, that I've unsubscribed from on uh, YouTube, that I'm also unfollowing on Instagram just because of the language and the words and... The language. Yeah. Did you be unfollow Beyonce? That's a difficult one. How come then? Why'd you have to bring that up? Yeah, so you're, you're just talking a lot of... You're talking a lot. Why'd you have to bring that up? She called this oh POC. First of all, she was... I'm so dis... Like, I'm not shocked. Capitalism, you know, like she wants her money. She needs to make sure the whites still like her. But she said, as POC, we need... She All lives mattered us, okay? She. All I want to say is people who keep coming for Beyonce stands, the Bayhive, or whatever, um, I don't think you guys understand. We recognize that when the race war happens, when we're fighting uh, against capitalism, we know what side Beyonce's on. But for now... But what side are you guys on? Are you guys the cannon folder for her side? Or are you guys on our side? <laughs> eat the rich. About? We're gonna eat her. Eat the rich, exactly. Eat the rich. Eating. Yeah, and she's rich, so we don't have to eat her. She's Illuminati too. Also, guys, stop kneeling with police <laughs> at protests. That shit is whack. Yeah. Cut. Dead. <laughs> oh my god. I can't believe we didn't even talk about that this whole time and we're at an hour How and 20 minutes. People who are actually like... What's it called? Believe, like, are people really falling for the police kneeling and like Justin Trudeau kneeling? Like, is that really what you guys want? Like, that's Justin Trudeau, you guys? who is the pro- who could fix the problem in one day. Wallahi. do your job. The police is gonna kill you five minutes later. You're protesting yourself, nigga. Go make moves. Mahala Why are you kneeling? Do you know what kills me? The police who's literally gonna come 
and shoot you five minutes later. You're going to kneel with them. Please, okay? I don't think any police should kneel. The, listen, they're smart. The people who are actually, the police officers who are doing this and the, and the departments that are doing this, I go, they're smart. They know what they're doing. It's a publicity stunt for them, right? All the politicians are doing this. It's fine. My problem is with the Don Don idiots. But I'm going to tell everyone right now, if you live in Toronto, they're... I'm going to put the link in our description, but requesting to defund the police, there's a whole email template that you can, what is it called? All you have to do is put your name and email your city councilor. That's it. Like the email is already there. Uh, and then the, the document also has like all the emails of the different city councilors, depending on what area you live in. Email your city councilors. Let's defund the police. Let's make, let's, <laughs> like, you know, get Mark Sanders or whatever the She's hell like, his is. Like, money. Truly. Listen, we have to make moves. Like we don't want to just talk the talk. You gotta. We have to actually make action. Like protesting Tara and standing in front of Chief Sanders, whatever, freaking taking a knee, defund the police, take their money. They have their cops posted up in black and racial marginalized communities. Why are they all posted there? Why are they getting paid to surveil our communities for what reason? Abolish the police. Like, what are you Abolish doing? Abolish. Abolish the police. And we will never defund them if y'all are kneeling with them. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. Kaka, like, what are you doing? Make moves. Anyways, everyone defund, request to defund your police wherever you are. I don't know if it's happening in the States also, but like, you know, figure that the out. States, and- I think the States is number one in terms of defund. I mean, these are people who are walking around with AR-15s, but they re- they didn't have enough masks for their healthcare professionals. So, I mean, your priorities are obvious, you know? If your police officers are literally... Um, gunned up and have all the equipment of military personnel but you don't have but your nurses are using plastic bags truly for ppe i'm so sorry i'm so sorry for in a during a pandemic during a pandemic i'm sorry same with every single like same in canada same here like i cannot like it's it's madness to think that and I really do hope right now that the that the conversation really because right now the, the biggest argument when people make against um, carding um, when they're making uh, sorry arguments against carding and why um, stop and stop and search stop and frisk whatever it's called in your part of the world because it does happen it happens here in London it's happening in Toronto it happens in Edmonton it happens in New York it happens wherever right the argument they make are these these uh, communities are communities that have a lot of high rates of crime and da 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 blah 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 all this bullshit that they use all the time against us. Well, I hope at this moment in time, all of this highlights that that's absolute bullshit and that the number one way for us to get past this is take their money away and put it where it needs to be. Put money into the community, not into policing them. Yes, and to all the people that truly believe that police are the reason we have safety in our communities, I beg you to go and watch how um, police are trained. And to read about the police's duties, because their duty is not to protect you. It's to protect property and to protect the system, not the people. So are you thinking that you're walking around safe because there's a policeman? That's not the case. If you're rich and white and you live in a gated community and you control their pockets. That is facts. Yep. uh, Power to the people. Power to the people. Black Lives Matter. Police propaganda is not welcome. Abolish ICE. Abolish the police. (laughs) In Somali boys, you guys are niggers. No to anti-black violence and police brutality. We support Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> oh hell yes! The only ice cream we eat now is Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, ice don't cream. support Lush or Wendy's 
or oh my god you know there's this one guy that's on the board of facebook and apple and spotify and all these things and his name is peter something and he's this he's this name him and shame him sister yeah peter something and he's the one that gives you know why they say facebook donates to trump and snapchat he's also the board member of snapchat and he's a billionaire and he's the one that donates so heavily to trump and that's why they say all these companies support trump because that one guy supports trump and his name is peter let me find his last name for you guys okay so peter thiels okay and he's lgbtq too he's gay so not what not all minorities are are for us bye bye he's adan though of course he is put your money in black owned businesses yeah support us support yeah. black people and muslim people minorities and allies even though we dragged allies in this episode yeah we support allies you know, i don't know who's on the ben and jerry's board but like their language like that's how you come up with a statement Caucasian. that's how you talk to people you make moves they have a factory in palestine <laughs> just went quiet okay. yes. just went they have a factory in the gaza bank like that's that's uh under funds from israel right? yeah from israel that's on stolen land. Just like how um, TripAdvisory, you know that TripAdvisor or whatever? Yeah. And, and Airbnb, they all have working places in Palestine yeah. for for Israel. So Okay, so I re- would like to retract my previous yeah. statement. Um, I do not support Ben and Jerry. They're all shady. See, this is about the intersection. We have to make sure we support organizations that support black and Muslim people. And are mm-hmm. just don't discriminate against people and are, you know, very good organizations. So anyways, mm-hmm. take back Ben and Jerry's. I'm going to stick to yeah. um, whichever no-name brand that I hope doesn't support any of these corrupt organizations. Yeah. You know what not to support. Uh, yeah, so that's go. true. Yeah, just support black brands, you know. Truly, honestly... Make yourself, like, actually make a decision to support black brands. Stop giving money to all these different companies that honestly do not care if you're alive or dead. Okay, they don't care if your mother's alive or dead. They don't care if your your, chi- your child is alive or dead. They care nothing for you, okay? So stop giving to them and give to people that look like you. So make an actual active decision to support black brands in everything. Every single thing, from your clothes to your food, everything, and Muslim brands, obviously, because, you know, we're Muslim. Just, you have to be more <laughs> conscious of, yeah. like, make a conscious effort to, you know, put our mm-hmm. money in the, like, Worm. you know, yeah. deserving people's pockets. Yeah, exactly. Boycotting works. Bo- boycott. I remember when I was, like, a child, I boycotted then, 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 now, then, then, or whatever, that yogurt thing. Because of Palestine, I was a child when I... When I boycotted it. So if I can boycott it when I'm seven years old and I wanted to eat that ice cream. Okay. Y'all grown adults can do that. We can too. So let's boycott. Mm. We need to come up with a list, you know? You know how like they have a list for the... Uh, B- what is it called? BD. I don't know. Like for... BDS, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, right? They have a list of brands that support Israel. We need to have like, you know, something similar. Yeah, just don't be named and shamed by that, you know? Okay, then. I think that's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening. If you guys would like to join the conversation, you can email us at abuanchronicles at gmail.com or message us um, on Instagram or Twitter or uh, Curious Cat at Abuan Podcast. If you guys want to tell us um, what your experiences are or if you want to like add to what we said, 
feel free to do so on any of those platforms. But yeah, sorry. Peace. Bye, guys. Deuces. Bye, Samikum. Remember that, uh, that we're making progress in, in this country no, and worldwide? No, no, no. Uh, I will never say that progress is being made. If you stick a knife in my back nine inches and pull it out six inches, there's no progress. Mm-hmm. You pull it all the way out, that's not progress. The progress is healing the wound that the blow, that the blow made. And they haven't even begun to pull a knife out, much less try and pull, uh, heal the wound. You have, uh, you have they won't wound. even admit the knife is there.